in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on guys and welcome to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy and I hope you're doing what you love with the people you love and let's just jump straight into it. Well, it's a crazy world we are in and as you are listening to this podcast on your Monday morning or whenever you get to uh, get around to listening to it, I hope that you and your Loved ones in your life are healthy and well. Obviously, this coronavirus is something that uh, is, I guess, taking most of the um, media and kind of what we hear on the news and things like that at the moment. And so I hope that, um, as I said, everyone is well and everyone is safe. Um, Personally, myself and my family, we're all doing well. I'm certainly starting to see a bit of a flow-on effect into um, my work, though. A lot of people are getting a bit scared and kind of because I work, obviously, in a big commercial gym, people are thinking they should stay away um, and obviously I'm completely supportive of anyone's decisions um, and so yeah it's just a it's a really kind of weird time at the moment but um, I won't hamper on that too much it's not my area of expertise I'm not going to lend any kind of advice or kind of opinion on it because I think people who are doing that are probably doing a disservice and there's a lot of misinformation going around at the moment so let the experts do what they do I'll trust in them in that they've got our best interests at heart and um, I'll keep living my life as I will and keep myself as healthy as I possibly can and I think that would be the best advice that we should all be doing Anyway, guys, as you've read from the title of this particular podcast, this one today is on alcohol and fat loss. I don't perceive this one, I don't see this one as being a very long one today because um, I think it's a pretty simple topic we can talk on. Um, But there will be some fun and embarrassing stories that um, I will share with you as uh, I put up a question box or a poll box. I say a week ago or so ago, because uh, someone asked about, Adam, can I still drink and lose weight? Uh, and I kind of said, would people like to hear a podcast uh, on that topic? And if I was to do one, would they like to hear some embarrassing stories that I have had um, happen to me because of some drunken nights? And uh, the overriding uh, kind of consensus was, yes, we'd like to hear about that. Now, I don't know if the consensus was they just want to hear, uh, you guys just want to hear embarrassing stories about me and um, my alcohol kind of days of uh, when I was drinking or if you wanted to actually hear about alcohol and fat loss but I'll give them both to you and see how we go so to get on the very front foot and you guys it's going to sound like a broken record but you know what I'm going to say here is that the way that you lose weight the way that you lose fat is through a continuous and consistent calorie deficit so can you drink alcohol and still lose weight absolutely All you have to do is make sure that those calories that are inside that drink that you're having, and whether that's alcohol or that juice that you want or the coffee that you have or whatever it might be, the calories, whether they're in liquid form or in your food and a solid form, they all count and you just have to make sure that you're being, um, I guess, aware of the calories that you are consuming. And this is the fundamental point that I'm actually going to touch on today because most people don't 
pay attention to or aren't aware of just how many calories are in some of the drinks we have. And so I've done a couple of posts on this in the past, and so I've brought them up on my phone, and I have my phone next to me at the moment. I'm going to read back over those to kind of give you an idea of just how many calories in, are in some of the drinks that you're having to give you a better understanding of why I usually make the recommendation to people that they don't drink their calories, that they save those calories for the foods they eat. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First and foremost is that it's very, very easy to consume calories in a liquid form and they can go down very easily. Whereas it might be difficult to kind of, not difficult, but it's harder to kind of have to, if I gave you, you know, a couple of hundred grams of chicken breast, which is going to have you know, some good levels of protein, it's going to take a lot of chewing, um, it's relatively low in calories. To get through that is a much more difficult prospect than if I was just to give you a can of fizzy drink or an orange juice or a, a beer on a, hot, on a hot day. You can down that very quickly and before, it's, before you kind of even realize that those drinks have gone and you've consumed yourself 100, 150, 200 calories and it's happened just like that and you're not even aware of it. That's first and foremost why I kind of always sit there and say that you should be mindful of, if not get rid of, all of the drinks that you take in that have calories in them and just keep it into food. But the other one is that, and especially around um, drinking, is that most of us usually are social when we're drinking. So it's either out on a Friday night drinks or at a birthday party or whatever it might be. There's a reason why we're out drinking. Most of us and not just sitting at home alone having a drink. That can be you know, underlying issues somewhere else and we're obviously not, my again, my area of expertise. I won't be talking about alcoholism and addiction and things like that. That's not me. But most of us, as I said, are social around um, the drinks that we have. And so, yes, you might only have one or two drinks while you're out on that Friday night or at that birthday party or having you know, a glass of wine with dinner. Or, and you know, you've got friends over and things like that, but it's what you then tend to do when your inhibitions become, um, you know, are reduced because you've had a couple of glass of wine, you're feeling good, you're just kind of enjoying the time that you're having with those loved ones, and absolutely you should. But you can then start to lend to just grabbing at foods or um, being, you know, completely unaware of the, the second plate that you went back for or the bigger um, portion of uh, food that you're having or the options of foods that you're taking. That's where you can really start to get in trouble when having alcohol within your life. And it's a big thing that if you make that change, you can have drastic changes on how much food consumption you have just through the association of having alcohol. So I'll just kind of reel off a couple of, um, I guess, better calorie options when we're just talking purely around the alcohol and then I can give you some advice on well you know you don't want to have to stop going to birthday parties and you know having social gatherings with friends and things like that absolutely you shouldn't have to give up that I'm not suggesting you should but how can you kind of navigate around that but kind of I did a post a little while ago and it was called the best alcoholic drinks for fat loss now that's kind of a misleading title and it's a bit of a clickbaity title because I know that stands out when you see fat loss drinks okay cool but when i say that there's not a drink that helps you lose fat but there are drinks that are much lower in calories and they're better if you're heading out on a night and you are in a fat loss phase at the moment and you're really trying to be strict and you're trying to be mindful of the calories you're putting in these are the drinks i would lend towards because they're much lower in calories than these other drinks that i'll go through as well that are much higher in calories so 
when you're looking at an alcohol, be it vodka, rum, bourbon, you know, something like that, a liquor, and then you're adding a drink to it, a chaser to it, or whatever you kind of want to call it. So, you know, your your famous rum and coke, or your vodka, lime and soda, or things like that. You know, when you've got you know two different kind of things together, you always want to try and emphasize on having something like a soda, which is going to have zero calories in it, or having your rum with, or your bourbon, or whatever it might be, with a diet kind of soda for um, um, as a kind of association with it. The reason being is if I kind of looked at these first two examples, I've got a vodka soda and a rum and Coke. Now, the normal just kind of Coke, in that vodka soda, you're looking at 65 calories for kind of a standard you know drink, and the rum and Coke has 250 calories for basically the same amount of liquor, but the Coke that you're having with that is where all the extra calories are coming from. Now, just as a side note, I remember hearing this. I have nothing you know, to supply you and say, hey, go and look at this article or whatnot. But I remember hearing, whether it was a podcast or I read a paper or I heard it somewhere, whatever it might have been, I did read that people who have alcohol with a diet drink, now soda is not a diet drink, but, you know, a diet Coke or a diet lemonade or whatever those ones are where they're using artificial sweetener as a sweetness and it's not the usual kind of sugar-filled drink, those diet drinks actually increase your body's alcohol level for the same amount of alcohol. So if you were, you and your exact genetic um, doppelganger were standing right next to you and you had the rum and coke and your genetic clone had the diet coke with the rum, you who had the rum and coke would have a lower alcohol reading through your breath than your doppelganger clone would. I say that is that just be mindful. If you are out and th- and driving to wherever you're going, you go, I'm just going to have one drink tonight while I'm out driving. Or, you know, I normally have two drinks and I'm normally fine, that's good. Just be wary that having diet drinks might make your alcohol, um, blood alcohol reading higher, meaning, obviously, you might lose your license, but you also, and more importantly, might be more... Um, what's kind of might be more affected by the drinks that you're having therefore your driving ability might be reduced and so you might be better off and I always sit there and say if you're going to drink whether you're having one drink or no um, or a hundred drinks you should always not drive that's horrible to say it around that way never drive if you're thinking of having even one drink while you're out that's my personal opinion take a cab get an uber whatever it might be but even if you're only intending on having one drink, and yeah, sure, you're going to be underneath the alcohol reading, and it's all legal, that's fine. But your in your 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 ability and your reaction phases and things like that are definitely reduced, even um, with only one drink. You are putting a poison into your body. Alcohol is a poison. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Absolutely enjoy your life. And you're going to hear, as I said, some stories of some things I've done when I've been drunk and I've had some fantastic evenings out with my friends um, and loved ones. But if you are going to drink even one, just take a cab, get there safely, get home safely, and people that you might be then also responsible for, you can get them home safely as well. So that's just my two cents on that. But you can see there from the vodka soda, and it would be the exact same if you had a vodka and you know diet tonic that's another one people get tonic and soda very mixed up tonic and soda are two very different things 
tonic is just like any normal Coke or Sprite or Fanta or whatever you're having, it is filled with calories just as much as a Coke would be or a Fanta would be. So do not get soda and tonic mixed up. But if you're having a diet tonic, so if you had that vodka diet tonic or you had a vodka soda, they're going to be very similar around that kind of 65 calories. Whereas I said, that rum and Coke is around 250 calories. So my mass, you know, like you're kind of four times lower by having the diet um, the diet drink or the soda just on kind of having your liquor and a chaser with it. So that's a big change you can make from there. Uh, another one, looking at champagne. Champagne's quite low if it's in a standard glass. Now, if we're pouring this glass at home or many restaurants and kind of bars that you're out to, they tend to over pour a little bit as well. But a standard glass of champagne is around 100 calories. So again, still quite low. Um, and then looking at kind of just your straight kind of drinks, like an old-fashioned or something like that, is around about that 110 to 120 calories, again, depending on how much they put in that glass. But the big ones, the really high-end um, calorie ones, um, are kind of your big mixer-type cocktail-type ones. So an espresso martini, around 280 to 300 calories, so really heavy on the calories, and the big one, a Long Island iced tea, is 700 calories. So you can see how very quickly that your calories can add up. And if you're someone who, you know, has been really good throughout the week, you know, you've been nailing your your calories, and you might even kind of know that you've got some Friday drinks coming up. And so you know, you know what, Adam says that you know I can petition my calories out throughout the week. So I'm going to a little bit less throughout the week, but I've got this Friday night. I'm going to go out with my girlfriends, and I'm having a great night out for you know one of my friends' birthdays. Um, I'm going to save some calories up for that. Cool, that's a great way to kind of look at that. But you can see how very quickly you can kind of chew through those and make that kind of in quote sacrifice you've had for that entire week almost be blown out of the water and put you either at maintenance or into a surplus for the week. And then you get to Sunday, you do your weigh-in, you're like, oh, I haven't seen any progress over the last couple of weeks and I can't see why that would have been. You know, I, I was so good during the week and I only had a, you know, a, a, a relatively um, you know, you know, a good night on the Friday night where I only had three espresso martinis. But then again, as I was saying before, you might have been having some other foods, but those three espressos martinis, are going to have a 1,000 calories just in the martinis, let alone what else you've eaten for that day, what else you might eat on that night because you know, you're a bit drunk and you're enjoying yourself and you're going to stop past the kebab store on the way home or nibble on some chips and things when you get home later that night. I know personally from me from times when I have been drinking, I don't think there's been a single night that when I've come home from a drunken night out or on my way home from a drunken night out, that we haven't stopped at a Macca's or bought something at the local Coles or, as I said, a kebab shop or something like that. It's It always ends up in kind of some sort of food being consumed. Uh, and sometimes I can't even remember that, but I just kind of get told that, oh, I remember how we stopped at Macca's and that, you know, so you've got to be aware that kind of having those big blowout kind of nights on alcohol can be very detrimental to your... Uh, want to see progress on your fat loss journey and to kind of then lead into um, the next kind of phase of this is that you know the number of clients I have that say Adam I have a glass 
or two. That usually means they're having two glasses a night. We like to go, oh, it's just a glass or two. It's probably more so that you're having two glasses. Um, you know, each night, you know, that, that's not too bad, is it? And so, you know, that glass of wine that you're having, sure, it's 120 calories. It's not, um, again, if it's a, a standard pour of glass, but again, most of us, if we're at home, we're probably having more than just the standard pour. So we're kind of, let's say, standard pour is 120, but you're probably overpouring a bit, and you've probably got about 160, 170 calories just in that glass of wine. And again, if you're someone that is needing to be, you know, you're a small, petite female that you're to be in a fat loss calorie deficit, you're around that kind of 1,300, 1,400, 1,500 calories. If you're having a glass or two of wine each night, there's 200 to 300 calories that you're having with that glass, glass and a half, two glasses of wine. That can be, you know, 300 calories, and then you multiply that out over the week. It's a lot of calories that you're just putting just into the wine that you're having. And I'm here to say, you're probably better off getting rid of it. Now, you've also heard me say, and someone we've had on this podcast before, Sam Forger, he has always used the term, use it as a dimmer switch rather than on and off. So maybe for you, thinking about just having either drinking every night or having no drinks is too far of a kind of idea to kind of go from one extreme to the other. So maybe use it as a dimmer switch. Maybe you have a glass every other night now and see how you go with that. So Monday nights, you have a glass of wine with dinner. Tuesday nights, you don't. Wednesday night, you do. Thursday night, you don't. And kind of alternate, see how you go from there. And then from there, maybe you just make it two nights out of the week that you have uh, a drink. And then maybe you let yourself have a drink or two on the weekend. I have a rule with clients. Now, it's not a, if you don't do this, you can't be a client of mine, but it's been a rule that's worked really, really well with a lot of my clients, and I call it my two-in-five method, so or kind of rule. That means you'll never have more than two drinks in a night, and you'll never have more than five drinks in total. That's not five two-drink nights. Never more than five drinks in total for the week. So that might mean on a Monday night, you have one drink, So on a Thursday night, you might have two drinks. And then on a Friday night or a Saturday evening you're out with um, friends, you have another two drinks. There's five drinks for total. You've never had more than two drinks in a day. And it stops you then on a Friday night going, well, I have had no drinks. And Adam says, I can have five drinks for a night. So I'll have five drinks on my Friday night. No, no, no. As I said, no more than ever two in one day and no more than five for a week. That really helps a lot of people. Because even worst case scenario, you've got five drinks uh, for that week. If you're having you know, a wine or a beer or something like that, you're probably not having any more than you know, six, 700 calories in an entire week just from alcohol. It can be much easier to maintain a calorie deficit consistently over time and see that progress happening forward. Personally, I pretty much gave up alcohol and drinking my calories a long time ago. I will have the odd um, smoothie with my family, and you've seen me doing that on my Instagram stories. Um, I do that because I want to be part of you know, my family enjoying a smoothie, and I like making smoothies for my family, but I'm not going to go out and buy a smoothie from a Boost juicer. I'm not usually. I have. I do, but not normally. I rarely ever, if ever, drink you know, juice, um, be that orange juice, be that freshly squeezed or from the shop. It's all the same. They all contain calories, um, and I will almost... I mean, I never have kind of calories coming from things like fizzy drinks, you know, whether Mountain Dew or Coke or Pepsi or whatever like that. I do enjoy Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max is zero calories. 
I do like those diet drinks, so from time to time I might have a Pepsi Max. At the moment, they've got this creamy soda, uh, creaming soda um, one. It is delicious. They also have a raspberry one. Both are really good. Um, so that can be nice just to have on the odd occasion when I really just feel like a bubbly drink on a hot day or something like that. Um, but again, I've just got on, gotten away from kind of consuming um, calories coming in from you know drinks, especially from alcohol, um, for probably quite some time uh, now. And that'll kind of bleed into why I gave up alcohol and then to give you some um, funny stories of when I was drinking alcohol because I'm a very black and white person. If I'm going out, when I used to go out and um, would drink, it would be an all-out night. I was never kind of, I'll oh, just have a couple of drinks tonight, that'd be fine. I was either the sober guy drinking people home or I was the guy blackout drunk and not remembering anything that I'd done from the night before. I had no in-between, and that's my personality. I'm either 100% in, committed, doing this 100%, whatever it might be, be it this whole no breakfast kind of journey I've been on, or be it alcohol, or be it a sport that I get involved in, whatever I do, if I put my mind to it, I'm 100% in, and that's always been my t mentality, and I know that about myself, and that's why I made the decision a few years ago that I would never drink again. Um, or Sorry, I, sh I would never drink to excess again. I pretty much don't drink at all these days, but if I do go you know, to a lovely dinner with my wife or friends or something like that, I might have a glass of wine, I might have a cider or something like that, but I will only ever have one because I know two can very quickly lead to 15. So I don't I don't go near it, I just keep to that one. But pretty much as I said, I don't even do that anymore. I just have a glass of uh, a glass of water or maybe get a lemon, lime and bitters if I'm kind of really racy and I'm, you know, I'm a party animal these days. But um, yeah, guys, I hope that kind of wraps things up for you and kind of gives you an idea, can you drink alcohol when in a fat loss phase and will it negatively affect you? There's no negative effect of alcohol. So if you were to have you know, 1,500 calories and you hit that day after day after day and that included a glass of wine every single day and your clone did 1,500 calories as well day after day after day after day and didn't have that drink in there. They just included a little bit more food in their diet. You both would be the exact same place in a month's time, two months' time, six months' time, 12 months' time. Alcohol itself is not having a detrimental effect on your ability to lose weight. So if you can include it in your calories go right ahead, enjoy it, but have a good, honest conversation with yourself and ask yourself, is my consumption of alcohol really adding to my life? And I place this to people on my 5 in 10 program. One of the weeks is learning the power of the word no and saying no, not only in the situation of saying no to you know, people wanting your time or taking away from your time, but also saying no to those things in life that aren't really giving us a positive outcome. A lot of people say, "Oh, but Adam, you know, you're such a square. You know, we should be able to drink and enjoy ourselves." Absolutely. But is it actually giving you a positive outcome on your life? Is it really leading you towards you know that Friday night that you go out every single Friday because you do it with our friends from work and you go and have a you know a few drinks on that night? That um, night, have you been progressing as you move forward in your fat loss phase? And if you haven't been, then where in your kind of life are you seeing the negative um, impacts coming from? Is that your alcohol consumption? Is it coming from something else? And learn to say the word, hmm, maybe tonight I just don't drink. Would it really kind of make my life tonight with these friends that I'm heading out with? Is me drinking making my night better? If you think it is, then sure, go for it. But in most cases, 
the alcohol is not the reason why you're having fun that night. It's because you're enjoying time with your friends. And I put it to you, you can probably just have just as much fun with them without the alcohol. You can save some calories. You're only going to feel better on the back end when you wake up on Saturday morning. One, because you've got a lot less, you got a lot more money sitting in your wallet. Two, you're not feeling hungover or even in the slightest bit. So you're probably going to get up and feel energetic. And you know what? I had a really good night with my friends last night. I didn't drink. I'm feeling great. So I'm going to get up and go for a run. And so these flow-on effects of not doing something that's going to make you feel a little bit worse the next day, you're more likely then to make better decisions around your health and your well-being moving forward. And so I would say, as I said, from a very surface level, alcohol has no detrimental effects on your ability to lose fat. But in a kind of general sense, it usually does lead to you making decisions that are less beneficial for you moving forwards on a fat loss phase, a health phase, whatever you're trying to do with regards to your health and well-being. So my suggestion would be either to start with my two and five rule. As I said, no more than two drinks in a single night and no more than five drinks in total for the entire week. Start with that. As I said, we've got a dimmer switch. If you're someone who drinks every night or drinks you know, to excess every Friday and Saturday, start with a dimmer switch. Just turn it down a little bit. Use my two and five rule. If you're already someone who is just you know, mildly drinking throughout the, the week, you know, maybe a glass of wine with dinner here or a couple of glasses um, of alcohol, whatever it might be on a weekend, and you're not really a big drinker, but you do have some here and there, maybe just turning it off and seeing how you go with no alcohol in your life. And I can honestly say that, yes, in my 20s, I absolutely enjoyed myself and into my late, I should say my late teens and into my 20s, I enjoyed myself. And let's go into some funny stories in a second. And I don't regret that. I enjoyed that. They're memories I'm going to have for a lifetime. And there's still things that we bring up now with um, you know, my mates when we're kind of sitting around. A lot of my mates still drink. I'm sitting there. I'm not drinking. But we bring up fun times of when we all would go out drinking uh, in our younger years. And I love that. I love being able to share those stories uh, with those guys. But now, I've grown up. My kids, you know, they don't care if I, you know, if daddy woke up hungover the next day. They're going to still want my attention. They still want me to be there and kind of involved in their lives and if I was waking up completely hungover on a Sunday morning Amelia certainly wouldn't care that I am she's going oh, daddy what are we doing today what what games are we playing where are we going and I couldn't even fathom the thought of kind of being in a hungover state with a child that was kind of yum, 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 at my ears so I said I made the decision as I said it was what, three and a half four years ago when Amy fell pregnant with Amelia I thought I'll be the supportive husband I'm not going to drink anymore um while you're um, pregnant. I didn't have a single drink for those nine months, just as Amy didn't. Um, we obviously then had Amelia, uh, and I pretty much have never gone back to drinking ever again since then. Before that, though, and this is going to be my first embarrassing story, so that wraps everything up, guys. I hope that's been helpful too. Let me know if it has been. If you've got any further questions, obviously, around alcohol in general uh, and fat loss and things like that, I'm more than happy to ask you qu- uh, answer your questions. But just before um, you know, we actually conceived Amelia on this particular holiday, but I was in the States, and this is my first embarrassing story. I was in the States. Uh, Amy and I went on a three-week holiday. I think it was our one-year anniversary we were um, over on there. We went to LA. We then went to Chicago. We then went to New York, and then we flew down to... Um, Miami, Florida kind of way, and then went on a cruise uh, through the Bahamas. That was our trip. I have a very good friend who lives in Chicago. Shout out to Kerry. Um, 
I've known him for many, many, many years. Uh, in fact, I met him when I was trekking around Europe with a good friend of mine uh, on a gap year um, after I finished school. Um, and we've stayed in contact ever since. And he's come to Australia. I've been to America a couple of times and we always catch up when we do. Um, and so I said to him, I'm on a holiday. I'm coming over with Amy. Be great to catch up. You know, you know, have you got some spare time on these particular dates? He said, yep, absolutely. We'll make sure we catch up. Now, this night in Chicago, um, I'd been pretty, you know, Amy and I had been, you know, had a couple of drinks while we were over there on a couple of nights out because we were still obviously two people um, without kids and enjoying ourselves in our first year of marriage and kind of um, enjoying that. And this was going to be our kind of big blowout holiday as our one year anniversary. We had, you know, conscious thoughts of we wanted to start a family. And so we thought this will probably be the last time that we'll probably be able to have uh, a holiday together. So it was a really big enjoyable holiday, and especially when catching up with his friend. Um, at that time, there was, I don't know if it was Gay Pride or some big kind of festival around the um, you know, gay movement and things like that, but there was this huge festival on, and he said, you're coming to the town right at the right time. There's this huge festival on. It's going to be manic. There's going to be people everywhere. It's going to be partying. You know, are you keen? I'm like, oh, absolutely. Let's get amongst that. That'll be great. And when we, um, when we got in Chicago, I said, look, I'm trying to reduce my drinking. You know, I know, and he he knows me as a very heavy drinking. He see me in some pretty um pretty big nights, and one of you know, in fact, a lot of my embarrassing stories revolve around Kerry and us drinking while we're out. But this particular night, it just turned sideways very quickly. It started kind of, I say, about lunchtime. Went to a Mexican restaurant where there was lots of um, tapas and lots of little uh, little tacos. Uh, they were like. One euro or two, uh, not one euro, one dollar or two dollars um, each. And at that time, the Australian dollar was actually better than the American dollar. So it was super cheap. Drinks were flowing, margaritas, beers. Um, as I said, these little tacos, it was great. You know, we really had fun. And then, then that afternoon, we went to this kind of gay pride walk and walking down the streets and everyone was fun. They were drinking in the streets. It was even more drinking. And then we went to a kind of saloon, kind of cowboy, cowgirl girl type bar more drinking and then we started drinking games and that's what I love about the Americans you can't just drink you got to play games to drink and I love that and we played this game called flip cup any Americans listening in you'll certainly know what it is but basically you line up you know equal numbers each side so if you know there's two of you two of you each side or if there's 10 of you 10 of you each side and by this time I'm a very social person and when I get drunk I get very very social and I start talking to people bringing them in hey we're going to start playing this flip cup game you want to join in and so we probably got I don't know 10 or even even more kind of each side and basically what you're meant to do is each person has a cup but it has a bit of alcohol in the bottom you skull all of that you then put your cup upside down and you're meant to flip it and have the cup land back up the right way and as soon as you do it, then the next person drinks theirs, tries to flip, and all the way down they go. And we played this game over, and obviously the team who wins is the team who gets through um, all of their drinks and all of their flipping of the cup um, first. We played game after game after game. So it continues to just go on and on. And by by this time, you know, I've been drinking for, uh, what, what we would say, seven, eight, nine hours straight, solidly. Um, so I don't even want to know how much I had had that night. We had really good fun. You know, there's photos um, taken from here, um, and you know I've got those photos, and it's been really a really good night, and I think it kind of finished up around about midnight, one o'clock. We've made our way home, and at that point, we were staying in a shared Airbnb, so we had found a place. This particular woman um, owned the place, but she had a spare bedroom, so she was letting that out on Airbnb. 
So we went there. Um, the, we got there the day before kind of thing. She was a lovely woman. I think she was kind of Swedish or something, I think I remember. She, she certainly wasn't an American. Um, but she was Swedish and she was owning that home. But anyway, she uh, welcomed us with Okana. She was a beautiful person, really, really kind. People who know me and have been around me when I drink a lot, I tend to forget where the toilet is. I tend to think in my completely drunken state that cupboards are or bedside tables are or the corner of the room is the toilet. So I get home really, really, we get home really, really drunk. Amy's actually been having a really good night as well. She's drinking and she's feeling great. And Anyway, we head to bed and I pass out blackout drunk. You know, I'm just sprawled across the bed. Amy has to kind of push me across and just kind of get me into there. Anyway, it's probably three o'clock, you know, a couple of hours later. Obviously, you've been drinking a lot. I need to go to the toilet. I wake up. I see a cupboard. This is in someone else's home. I see a cupboard. I open it up and start peeing. Now, this is not the first time that Amy has seen me do this. She wakes up and she sees me standing. She's like, Adam! What are you doing? You're peeing in a corner. I'm like, no, 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 not this time. Like, because I can, in some subconscious level, in my very drunken state, still can think that Amy's yelled at me this before, so I'm never going to do that again. Ames, no, 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 I've made it to toilets. Okay, I think I'm standing in a toilet. I'm 100% convinced I am. But no, nope, I'm in this cupboard, peeing inside a cupboard of this person that's been kind enough to let out her bedroom to us on Airbnb. Um, and I'm peeing everywhere. It's going in our suitcase. It's going all over um, this cupboard. Now, luckily, this person didn't have their clothes hanging up in this cupboard. You know, as a lot of Airbnb places I've been to, you know, people keep their clothes in cupboards. It's like, I oh, don't use that. That's just my stuff. And, you know, you can use this cupboard or whatever. These cupboards were completely empty and they were free for whoever was using um, the place to kind of use. So, luckily, they were empty. But I'm peeing all over it. I'm peeing inside our suitcase. So, our clothes are now getting covered in pee. It's going everywhere. Um, and Amy's like, I can't even be bothered dealing with this. So I just let him go and I'll, I'll worry about it tomorrow morning. So it's staying. It's staying. I've gone to the toilet, you know, done everything up and gone back to bed, passed out again. Now, about another four or five hours later, it's now seven or eight o'clock in the morning. I wake up really hungover, but still drunk. And there's crap everywhere because, you know, I've, it just we've laid everything else on the ground and things like this. I still don't know I've done what I've done. I am consciously now, I'm going to the toilet. Like, I can have enough conscious thought that, you know, I am going to the toilet. But as I step over the bed, I trip on our suitcase. My head goes through the cupboard where I was only a few hours later peeing in. My head goes through that. I cut open the top of my uh, my eye, uh, my head, I should say. My hand gets cut open, and then I land face first in the pee that was in the cupboard from me doing it before. I'm like, why is this all wet? What, this is disgusting. What the hell? End up going to the toilet. I don't realize that I've kind of cut myself here. I end up going to the toilet, coming back. There's now blood all over the floor. There's piss all over the floor. And Amy at this point then wakes up and she's like, um, do you remember what you did last night? I'm like, what do you mean? And she said, well, you peed in that cupboard. And I'm like, oh, not again. And then she looks at me and kind of has to take a double take and she goes, why have you got blood all on you? And I'm like, what do you mean? And I now look down because, I'm, as I said, I'm still hung up. I, I remember falling through the cupboard but didn't think I hurt myself in any way. And I look and, yeah, my hand's covered in blood. My head's got blood on it. And she's like, what have you done? And then she looks over. The cupboard door is off the hinges. 
Then she sees the pee. Then she sees the blood. And she's like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? So obviously we cleaned up the place. We didn't tell the lady. We put the door back on the hinges and kind of cleaned it up and just did our best. Our suitcase was filled. And I'm talking filled with pee. So I'm trying to get, you know, towelettes and things to try and clean all that up. And then there's a washing machine in the bedroom. It was one of those Euro laundries kind of thing. So we've just thrown all of our clothes inside um, the washing machine and washed it all up. And then that day we had a baseball game to go to and it was probably the most hungover I've ever felt in my entire life. But that's probably the first and probably one of the most embarrassing stories um, I've got. But another one involves, it, it basically all revolves around me peeing in cupboards or something like that. But it was the first time I went to the States. Um, and I'll make this the last story, guys. If you want to ask me any more, I'm more than happy to tell you some, but I'll make this the last one. But it was the first time I went to the States after knowing, um, after kind of meeting Carrie years ago um, in the UK. And I went over with the same mate that I traveled Europe with. And we're meeting up with Carrie, and they had this thing called the Beer Olympics. And they ran it every single year. Again, Americans, I love you that you have to have games around your drinking. But these guys had designed this kind of competition around a kind of round robin of beer drinking games that would be like the Olympics. And each team would be a country from the world. And because obviously we're coming over from Australia, we would dress up in some sort of thing that was Australian. It wasn't really Australian, but we put on those morph suits, if anyone can remember. They were like one big condom that you wore over your entire body, and they were like a latex, completely covered in blue. Um, now, this was a time when I was single. Um, it was kind of actually while Amy and I were kind of broken up for about a 10-month period. So I'd gone over on a boy's trip, and I was traveling with my best man from my wedding, Glenn, and this mate of mine that I traveled uh, around Europe with. We were traveling together as a three. We were then, we did the same thing pretty much that Amy and I did, but we also did Vegas. So we did LA, Vegas, Chicago, New York. And our time in Chicago, Kerry was like, I've got probably close to 70 people, I think it was, that are going to be at this thing we're calling the Beer Olympics. I've told them that my Aussie mates are coming over. We're going to be the Aussie team, and then they're going to be the um, every other country of the world. And it was the most fun I can remember in a long time kind of having. You know, I was going through some rough times because my, my grandfather had passed away. We'd broken up with, I'd broken up with Amy, and it was a pretty rough time with me at the moment. So this was a holiday that I needed to get away and just kind of just think about what I wanted in life and things like that. And so I let my hair down pretty much at every situation I could have. Now, we were then going to be staying with this friend of mine in his share house. Now, he had a share house with like five or six people that live there um, and we were going to stay in just various parts of the place you know one of us was on the couch someone someone was down in the kind of um, the basement area and different places anyway the first night or the second night we get there um, the beer olympics was like the third or fourth night we had and it was a great night there was nothing really that kind of happened too bad on that night but about the first night that we got there we were taken to like an all-you-can-drink buffet um, food place uh, and pretty much it was like two hours of all you can eat food and all you can drink and I wiped myself out within about two hours I basically just drank 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 because I'm also an inherent cheapskate I don't want to spend too much money so I know I'm getting something in quote for free I'm going to take full advantage of it and I did so much so that they had to carry me carry me home basically at about nine o'clock that evening and then the rest of them all went out like I was passed out blackout drunk and they've taken me home and thrown me in one of the other guys that were out with them that night. And actually, no, he was on hot, he was away actually at that time. And that's why they said, look, he can just stay in his room, let him go to sleep kind of thing, and he'll wake up tomorrow morning kind of thing. Anyway, 
I was thrown in that bed completely blackout drunk at about 9 o'clock that evening. And this, I think this was the first time I ever peed in somewhere. And it happened to be obviously someone else's um, bedroom. But there was someone else staying at that place that wasn't going out that night drinking. That particular person um, had to then baby me because I would then wake up and start trying to leave the house again. I was in a completely foreign place, had no idea where I was. And I was waking up going, oh, sorry, I've got to go. I'm, I'm meant to be heading out with friends. Like, and he'd be like, no, nah, mate, they've brought you home. You're very drunk. Just go back to sleep. And so he'd, put, he'd drag me back to bed. I'd go back to bed, but then I'd wake up and it was in and out, in and out, in and out. Anyway, at some point, I have then decided I ne- needed to go to the toilet. I have no recollection of this whatsoever. But at that point, I then, as I said, looked at a cupboard, pulled out some cupboards. Now, this was a bedroom of someone that was living in there. It wasn't an empty bedroom. I then just started peeing. It's going all over this person's clothes, their wardrobe, in the cupboards. It was going everywhere. I've then just gone back to bed and just thought, well... Yeah, I've just been to the toilet, I'll go back to bed. And that's where I basically then passed out for the rest of the night. The rest of the guys then come home, one, two o'clock or something in the morning. They come in, they see me sprawled, and they thought, oh, we're going to have some fun with that. I mean, he's passed out drunk still. But they get inside there and like, why are all the cupboards open? That's a bit strange. They then look in there and it's covered in pee. Now, to my mate, um, Kerry, I absolutely thank you from the bottom of my heart for what he then did next because he was like, look, I'm the one that invited these guys. He's now just peed all through the guy who lives in this bedroom's cupboards and his clothes and things like that. So he emptied that clothes, all of those drawers, even though it was covered in my pee. He put it into the washing machine. He then cut, you know, he mopped it all up to make sure that no one else kind of knew. Now, people found out inevitably as they would. But that night, he did an incredible job of kind of saving me from seeing everyone else kind of finding this out. But um, that was kind of, I guess, another time that I, uh, as I said, peed everywhere inside a cupboard because I thought it was a toilet. Um, I don't really... I mean, I've got other funny ones and kind of nights out with friends and things like that. But um, you know, I'm sure we can all appreciate that we've had some fun nights out, we've been drunk and you know things like that. And alcohol can be a time where you enjoy time with friends and family and loved ones. And I absolutely think that, you know, as you're in those younger years and you're being irresponsible and you're kind of finding your place in the world and who you are and what you want to be and where you want to go in life, you should enjoy those times. And as I said, I never regret those for a single second. They were great times, great memories, and I'm going to continue to bring those stories up or we will continue to bring up those stories uh, as groups of friends as we sit around and kind of talk about life before kids and family and things like that. But um, guys, just drink responsibly. And I know that kind of goes on deaf ears because you're like, Adam, you were just telling me about the time. But drink responsibly. And if you're looking at kind of from a fat loss perspective, it, you would do yourself a favor if you got rid of alcohol and any kind of drinks that involve calories from your life. So that's my advice. You can take it or leave it. If you're seeing results and moving forward and you're including alcohol in that journey, then keep doing what you're doing. There's no need to change anything because you're obviously moving forward and having progress uh, and everything is as as you want it to be. But if you're finding that you're either plateauing or you're not seeing some results and you can't figure out why, you would probably do well to get rid of the calories um, in your life that come from liquids, be them juices, drinks, coffees, or alcohol. But you would also do well to minimize the amount of alcohol that you have because those associating habits and behaviors that we tend to have around alcohol. So 
I hope that was of use to you. I hope you've had a good laugh. I would love to hear from you guys, as I always say, if you've got any questions or any queries. But if you can, take two seconds. Please just go and hit that five-star rating for me and give me a positive review. It really helps your algorithm on iTunes and on Spotify so more people can see my podcast, the more people that see it, the more people that hear it, and hopefully get some value from it. It would really be uh, mean a lot to me if you could do that. So thank you very much if you do. If you enjoy this podcast, screenshot it, put it up on your Instagram story, make sure you tag me in it so I know that you have done that and I can come and say thank you. It would mean the world to me if you do share that out like that. I know I've got a couple of weeks coming up where I've got some guests coming on as well, guys. I don't think I've got someone on next week as a guest, but I do the following week after that. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a type 2 diabetes podcast, and this person is huge in the world of type 2 diabetes. She's a fellow exercise physiologist, and the knowledge that she has on diabetes, I think is going to lend a lot of support to a lot of you who listen in on this, who are looking to lose weight, get rid of type 2 diabetes, or really help with the um, symptoms and issues that come along with that. So stay tuned for much more to come, guys. I love you all. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Stay healthy, stay safe. I'll see you all next week. Ciao.